When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that also does the only college equestrian rankings right now. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Meet Recaps! It was another fun week of college equestrian action. We had some tough road trips for a highly ranked team, and we had a pair of intra-conference meets inside the SEC and Big 12. The first meet we want to recap is unranked Texas A&M at unranked South Carolina on Friday. A&M entered the meet with a road win against South Dakota State and a loss at Baylor. The Gamecocks entered with losses at UC Davis, at Fresno State, and a neutral site loss to TCU. In last week's preview, I said this was probably going to be very close, and I jokingly suggested that it was probably going to go down to a 9-all tie that would have to be broken by a, a, a raw score total. Thankfully, it did not come down to that. In the first half, uh, the two events that they rode were fences and raining. South Carolina got the better of both. The Gamecocks uh, won fences 3-1 to and then took raining 3-2. to So at the half, South Carolina had a nice 6-3 to lead. In the next event, equitation on the flat, the Aggies made their big move. A&M uh, won the flat 4-1 to to tie everything up and then pulled ahead by taking the most in horsemanship points 3-1. to That made the final score 10-8. to So this was a nice win for A&M. Uh, it was a road win they came from behind to get, and hopefully they will be able to use this to start doing a little bit better and getting riding, you know, closer to their potential. As for the Gamecocks, well, it does not get any easier for them because now they have to go uh, visit Auburn next week. But we're going to preview that one here in a little bit. But back to our recaps. Uh, Now let's look at number three, Fresno State, at number four, Georgia. And these are last week's rankings, by the way. Uh, This Wednesday, the week five rankings will be coming out. um, But in these recaps, I'm obviously using the week four rankings. So, Georgia did not have a lot of trouble with the visiting Bulldogs on Friday. The first two events were fences and horsemanship. In fences, Georgia won those points 4-1. In horsemanship, Georgia took those points 3-1. So at the half, the homestanding Bulldogs were up 7-2 and fully in control of the meet. The second half events were, of course, uh, equitation on the flat and raining. And I'm sure Fresno State tried to regroup, but it did not really show up in the score. Georgia swept the flat points 5 to nothing and then they won the reigning 4 to 1. So the final score ended up being 16 to 3. It was not close. And you can believe that there's going to now be a shuffle at the top of the rankings a little bit because of this mate. But we're not going to talk about the rankings right now. Instead, we're going to keep on going uh looking at our last meet of the day on Friday, Lynchburg at number 2 Auburn in a jumping seat only meet. 
From the lineup, we kind of knew that this wasn't going to be really close. Over in fences, I figured maybe uh, Lynchburg's Jackie Needle could get a point against Megan Napick, or perhaps Lori Ohanessian could get a point against Ellie Ferrigno, but everything else heavily favored the Tigers in fences. Turns out, Auburn swept fences five to nothing. Now, in the next event, the flat, as good as she is, I thought that Auburn's Ava Stearns might be vulnerable to Lynchburg's Taylor Herzog here and that all the other points were probably going to go to Auburn. And I was right. Lynchburg did get that one point, but everything else did go to Auburn. So that meant that the final score was a 9-1 to Auburn victory. Okay, so with those meets out of the way, now we're going to jump ahead a day and we're going to look at Saturday. So kicking things off, we have Lynchburg going up against number three, Fresno State, in a jumping seat only contest. So basically, uh, Lynchburg spent the night, uh, Fresno State came on over from Georgia, and they competed against one another at Auburn. This one started out a little bit earlier than I could get up and get ready, so I did not actually look at the lineups and handicap this one. Um, And it's actually kind of a good thing, or else I would have been totally wrong, because I sure thought Fresno State would do better than they ended up doing. So when you look at the lineups here, uh, basically Lynchburg really rode well. Uh, Both Fresno State and Lynchburg split split two points in each of the events, meaning that the final score was a 4-4 tie. And that had to be broken by a raw score tiebreaker, and Fresno State did win that 699-672. to So it was very close. I mean... So this was a very interesting result. Those four points that Fresno State got against Lynchburg, you figure, well, if that's how they do against Lynchburg, how are they going to do against Auburn? Well, it ended up foreshadowing exactly how they would do against Auburn. So now let's look at number three, Fresno State, at number two, Auburn. Uh, When I was looking at the initial matchups, a lot of them favored Auburn uh, in equitation over fences. I had the Tigers favored in three and the Bulldogs favored in one, and I had one toss-up. In the first uh, Western event, Horsemanship, I again liked the Tiger in three of those matchups with one for the Bulldogs and one toss-up. Auburn swept fences five to nothing. So that one matchup that I had favored the Bulldogs was actually uh, won by Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno over Fresno State's Olivia Farrow. The toss-up point in this one also went to Auburn's Sophie Steckbeck, who defeated Fresno State's Cecily Hayes. Now, over in Horsemanship, The three points that I had favored to Auburn were all won by Auburn, and the other two were won by Fresno State, including that toss-up point, uh, a victory by Fresno State's Cameron Thorne over Auburn's Jacqueline Fremont. So, um, oh yeah, wait, there was also some re-rides in fences where Ellie Ferrigno and Olivia Farrow had to re-ride, and then they re-rode again, so good job both of those ladies for putting up with all that. Uh, But a special good job to Auburn's Ferrigno because she not only put up with it, but she won the dang point. So there you go. Now, over to the second half. Uh, Auburn just needs three points to claim victory. But if you'll recall, that's exactly the same situation they were in against Oklahoma State. And that did not turn out really well. Uh, These were the same two events, by the way, that were coming up here that had come up in the second half there. So this was actually going to give us a good indication to see whether or not the flat and reigning teams were performing up to their potential. And I'll just go ahead and spoil it to you and tell you that they did. In the matchups, um, I had predicted equitation on the flat was going to be pretty evenly split. Uh, I had favored uh, Fresno State in two. I had one toss-up. I had Auburn favored in two. And uh, down in reigning, I had favored uh, two for Fresno State, two for Auburn, and then again one toss-up. So let's look at uh, reigning first since all those uh, re-rides had happened up in fences. It kind of slowed everything down uh, on the jump seat side. 
and then Raining got going first. Auburn won the points uh, 3-1 to one in this event. The notable result here is the um, we had a toss-up point that Auburn's Isabella Tesmer took over Julianne Kelly. Auburn's Olivia Marino turned a point that favored her opponent, Leslie Padrick, into a no-point tie. Um, but Fresno State's Bailey Alexander did win her toss-up matchup against Auburn's Terry June Granger, and that was the Bulldogs' lone point in this event. So by now, uh, Equitation on the Flat had gotten going, and this event kind of went as expected. Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno turned a point that I had favored to her opponent, Cecily Hayes, into a no-point tie. The other rides went as favored with Fresno State's uh, Sarah Tuck getting a toss-up point over Auburn's Anna Marie Mays. So it ended up being a 2-2 to two point split on the flat. And that meant that the final score would end up being a very impressive 13-5 to five victory in favor of the Tigers. It is also worth noting that every point that Fresno State took on Saturday was either one that they were favored in or it was a toss-up point. And that means that there was no Auburn rider on Saturday that lost a point in which she was favored in. And a couple of them took points they were not favored in. So um, that's a really good indication that everybody rode up to their potential or even above their potential. So really good job for the Auburn riders there that day. Now, let's look at our final meet of the weekend. Uh, Number seven, TCU against number one, Oklahoma State. Now, when these matchups came out, I actually thought that most of them favored TCU, or at least the ones that we could be sure of, most of those favored TCU. But as we would come to see, reality is often different from our expectations. The day started off with fences and horsemanship. And fences, I thought TCU would take uh, two. I thought Oklahoma State would take uh, one that they were favored in, and then that there would be two toss-ups. Well, TCU did get two points here, but the other three went to Oklahoma State. So those toss-ups ended up going to the Cowgirls. In horsemanship, I favored each team in two matchups and had one toss-up, but Oklahoma State's Maddie Fusel took a point that I had favored to TCU's Georgia Meadows. Uh, The toss-up in this one ended up being a no-point tie, so that meant that Oklahoma State ended up winning this event 3-1 because of that point they sort of flipped. And that created a 6-3 halftime score in favor of the Cowgirls. So they've got this one, you know, they've got a decent lead. It's not a sure thing yet, but they're doing well. Now, even though TCU was behind, I actually favored them in five of the remaining 10 matchups. So there was definitely a path of victory for the Horned Frogs here. However, things did not go as projected. In Equitation on the Flat, I favored um, two of those rides to TCU, one to Oklahoma State, and had, um, let's see, one toss-up there. So, uh, actually, it would be two toss-ups. Well, both of the toss-ups went to Oklahoma State, and the Cowgirls' Abigail Brayman took a point that I had favored to TCU, Sydney Young. So that meant Oklahoma State won that event 4-1. to one. So, Really interesting there. I had favored it so that there would be three uh, points going to TCU, but the almost the opposite happened. It ended up going four to one. So this also sealed the victory for the Cowgirls. Um, but since there was one more event, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about that. Uh, we got to talk about all the events. In reigning, I had three TCU riders favored to take their points. Oklahoma State favored in one, and there was also a toss-up as well. Well, Oklahoma State took all three of their, uh, I'm sorry, all their uh, one favored point, and then they took one of the TCU ones and flipped it, and then, uh, so three points actually did go to the Horned Frogs, because I think they got that toss-up, and that made the final score a little bit closer, but Oklahoma State ended up winning the day by a total score of 12-6. to That's really all you got to take away from this. 
Now, of course, if you're one of the riders on these teams, you were riveted to that description I just gave. Everybody else was like, yeah, yeah, just get to the final score, which I did, 12 to 6. So another good win for Oklahoma State. They are now the only undefeated team in the nation. Uh, They have ridden all their meets at home, and they're about to go on the road a little bit. So we'll see if they can keep their streak going. And that is all of this past week's action. So we're going to do a quick commercial, then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about the rankings. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Okay, so we are back. But before we get into the previews of next week's action, I want to stop and take a few minutes to talk to y'all about how the rankings are going. Observations about the sport. Now, most of y'all know that over the past several years, I have continuously had problems with the official, and you can hopefully imagine that I'm doing uh, air quotes right here, NCEA rankings. Uh, They are not good, they have not been good, and they are rarely indicative of the results that have actually happened. If you remember over a year ago, I had a big interview with the Equestrian Federation President Tom O'Mara. And I tried to get some details from him about how the rankings all work. And he jokingly said that they basically just imagine whatever I would do and then do the opposite. But as time goes on, I really do wonder if that was a joke. So anyway, uh, that's what led me to create my own set of rankings because I got so darn fed up with where they were ranking most of these teams. And, And now keep in mind, this is not favoritism or anything, because for the past two years, Auburn has pretty much always been ranked number one. So this ain't about Auburn. This is about teams that are not Auburn. It just wasn't right how these teams would like beat an opponent and then the very next rankings, they'd be below that team that they had just beaten and they had similar records otherwise. So I was like, you know, enough of this. I'm just going to come out with the official Auburn Elvis rankings. And this is, you know, what I'm going to start using when I talk about these teams and I'm going to say this team's number this. Well, it's the Auburn Elvis rankings. And I've been doing this for about a season and a half now, and every week I come out with my rankings. The NCAA will come out with theirs, and there's usually a lot of differences between them. 
Um, now, the, the teams have their SIDs, the sports information directors, and so whenever they write their articles or put their tweets out or do their press releases, they are obviously always going to use the rankings of the official uh, NCA ones, and I don't mind that. I understand that that is the governing body, and they want to respect that. Well, recently it has become obvious that the governing body does not put a lot of effort into their official rankings. Now, again, I'm doing air quotes because that term is kind of suspect. When you go and look at the most recent rankings on the NCEA website, they are over a month old. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, Auburn Elvis, you have just missed when they have come out with new ones. No, that is not the case. I just, they just have not released any of them for over a dang month. I know this because teams are still claiming the rankings that they had about a month old. So when you got teams like Oklahoma State that are the only undefeated team in the country now, and they're still claiming that they are number five when we all know that they're better than that. So I wanted to bring all this up to y'all and let you know that for the last five weeks, not only have the official Auburn Elvis College Equestrian Rankings been the best college equestrian rankings, but they are now pretty much the only college equestrian rankings. So we're going to have to keep an eye on this story because my suspicion is that, you know, if this goes on long enough, you're going to have some teams like Oklahoma State start getting pretty tired of listing themselves far below where they should be in these rankings. And I am just hoping that someone is going to be tempted to use the Auburn Elvis rankings and you can bet that, boy, I am going to let y'all know when that happens. So fingers crossed on that, y'all. Previews of next week's action. Okay, so here we go. I know I have been doing a lot of talk, and uh, if you are just zoning out and not really paying attention, that's totally cool. I do that sometimes myself when I'm doing the podcast, so I'm not going to judge anybody. But if you are a fan of one of the following teams, you are going to want to pay attention for this next part. Here they are. TCU, South Dakota State, Lynchburg, Delaware State, Sweetbriar, Minnesota, Crookston, Georgia, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Auburn, and SMU. If you are a fan of any of those teams, you have a meet coming up. So go ahead, put in for some time off from work so that you can travel. Or, you know, uh, at the very least, just set aside some time so that you can follow along on the, uh, the meets on Twitter and pretend to work. So let's do a quick preview of each of these meets. Starting off on Thursday, October 28th, we have TCU at South Dakota State. Now, we saw Texas A&M have some trouble with the Jackrabbits. I don't think TCU will have as much trouble. But like I said many times, TCU is kind of caught in the perpetual middle of all these teams where they have just enough talent to be competitive with the teams above them, but not quite enough talent to blow out the teams below them. I think that'll hold true and that you will see TCU win, but it won't be as big of a win as you might think. Next meet up is Lynchburg. They're going to go visit Delaware State in the Battle of the Hornets, y'all. This is a jump and seat only meet. Um, now, we saw Fresno State have some trouble with uh, Lynchburg this past weekend, but I actually kind of think Delaware State should do pretty well, and, and I think Delaware State's going to win this one, and I think it'll be, you know, by at least a couple of points. I don't think it's going to be a 4-4 tie like it was with uh, Fresno State. So, that's my preview of that one. Now, that's all of Thursday's meets, so we're going to jump to the next day, Friday. We got a whole bunch of meets on Friday for you. Sweetbriar is also visiting Lynchburg for a jumping seat only meet. Um, and now I think Sweetbriar is the number one team in the nation right now. They're the defending national champion. Uh, and again, we're talking about single discipline only teams. And I think they're going to do really well against Lynchburg. They have historically won like, you know, seven or eight points every time they played them. So I think that's going to continue. So that's my preview there. 
And the next meet to talk about is Minnesota Crookston up against TCU. This is a neutral uh, site meet for both these teams. It's happening up in South Dakota. And I believe that this is going to be all four events because I think Minnesota Crookston has both a jumping seat and a Western squad. So um, I think they're going to do all four events there. Now, I don't think they're going to give TCU a ton of trouble. Okay, this is actually an exception to that rule that I mentioned earlier where TCU is going to always have close meets with everybody. This one I don't think is going to be a close meet. Um, I, I just, and it's not the Golden Eagles fault. Uh, it's just the talent gap is, is pretty big. I think TCU just has a ton more talent and that's going to come out, um, uh, in the meet that day. So now, uh, next meet, Sweetbriar riding against Delaware State in a jumping seat only meet. I think Sweetbriar is going to pull the upset here. Sweetbriar is legitimate, y'all. If they had a Western squad that was as good as their jumping seat squad, they would be a threat to beat a lot of teams in the dual discipline rankings, I'll tell you what. So, I think that one's going to go to the uh, Vixens. After that, we have an SEC contest with Georgia traveling all the way over to Texas to face Texas A&M. Georgia had an unfortunate beginning to the schedule when they started on the road at Auburn. They weren't super close in that meet, uh, but since then they have looked really good against Fresno State. Conversely, Texas A&M has not looked good even when they win. So um, I expect uh, both of those trends to continue, frankly. I think Georgia is going to get a comfortable win at Texas A&M. So uh, let's see. we got another meet here between Minnesota Crookston and South Dakota State. Now, this is actually going to be an interesting one. It's going to tell us a lot about how good Minnesota Crookston really is. I think South Dakota State will win, but of course we haven't seen anything from Minnesota Crookston yet. So um, they could show up and shock everybody. I don't think that's going to happen, but it absolutely could. So I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, South Dakota State will win, but I don't know if it's going to be comfortable, close, or what. So there you go. Then we have our final meet of the Friday with South Carolina traveling to Auburn. South Carolina is winless on the year, and I think that's going to continue on Friday. The Gamecocks just have not looked very good so far. I expect Auburn to take full advantage of that. Uh, the one chance that South Carolina Carolina has is if Auburn gets um, distracted and doesn't ride to their potential like we saw them do in the second half of that Oklahoma State meet, if Auburn rides like they did at the end of that meet, then South Carolina could pull the upset. But I don't think that's going to happen. Auburn seems to get really motivated when they ride against other SEC teams. It's those non-SEC teams that tend to sneak up on Auburn. So, um, I think, you know, this one's going to uh, be an Auburn win, and I don't even think it's going to be super close. So there you go. Now we're going to jump into Saturday. We only have one meet on Saturday, and I guess that's because, you know, everybody else enjoys college football, and so they don't like to have equestrian meets on the same day that their college football team is playing. So, you know, that's why you see that uh, a lot of those meets on Thursday and Friday. Well, not these two schools where we have Georgia visiting SMU. Uh, this could be a very interesting meet. On the surface, I think we all expect Georgia to have the advantage, um, because again, they did just beat SMU in the national championship finals. However, this one is at SMU, and that might make just enough of a difference. Um, honestly, I think Georgia is riding really well right now. I think they're going to take care of business. I think it will be close, but in the end, I think Georgia gets the W. Closing thoughts! So those are all of our previews for next week. I got to tell you, this season is shaping up to be very cool and interesting and very fun. It is so much better than last year where we had uh, just about every meet was a conference meet and you really had no idea how these teams would do against non-conference competition. This year, we are back to riding a whole bunch of meets against non-conference opponents and it is producing some really fun results. Now, 
If you're having trouble keeping up with just who's better than whom, don't worry, I got you covered. Like I said, I'm getting really good nowadays at posting how these matchup predictions are. Um, uh, for all the big meets, I'll tell you who we think is going to win the point between each of the two riders in every event. Now, of course, some of these are toss-ups, so we don't know who's going to be favored, but, you know, that still helps you out because you kind of know, oh, this one's really tight. So, whoever gets that point, they really did something. So, look for those. Um, I'll be doing those as best I can with my own work schedule, you know, working around each of these meets. And as always, if you want to read more detailed account of how these teams compare in a ranking system, well, check out the official Auburn Elvis College Question Rankings, which post every Wednesday. Also, follow me along on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I give all those uh, favorite picks and head-to-head rides and all that good stuff. (sighs) Well, that is all for this episode of War Horses. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. War Horses, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.